Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your co-host, former radio newsman, lifelong wrestling fan, collector at heart, and I've got six cats. I need this podcast. I am Troy, and your other co-host with the most, he is coffee addict, the man who loves to scratch that figure itch, and he's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He is the Samu to my Fatu. He is Greg. What's up, man? What up? You didn't uh, object to the reference this week to Samu. No, no, they're ba- they're Bay Area guys, so I gotta, you know, oh, I gotta be Lord. a homer. Yeah, but I get the good one. <laughs> I get the one that went on to be Rikishi. You, uh, I good. Hey, did you not like Rikishi? I didn't like the the head shrinkers. Ah, okay. Well, the head shrinkers, whatever. But 
What, wait, weren't the Head Shrinkers the Samoan SWAT team? Wasn't it the same ones? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They just changed the name. I uh, never got I never got that name, by the way, Samoan SWAT team. I didn't either. I just I didn't know like Samoan people were like big in SWAT unless they just made it up. Yeah, I oh it sounds hey, good. The SST. No, it it does. It just yeah. Where is it from? Uh, like, right. When I think Smo and SWAT team, I think Roman Reigns. <laughs> right. Literally, he's got that vest on him. Right. Yeah. He's he's got all that going on. So today, man, we're diving into uh, NWA Clash of the Champions six. This one, I don't know. It was an okay show, but I felt like it was like those you you and I talked about this with classic WWF cards in the past. Uh, like various WrestleManias from the past, where it was like this was a one sh- um, one match show. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, it's just. I didn't. I can be honest. I didn't really enjoy it that much either. Yeah, it was. It was fine. I loved the main event. The rest of the show was okay, and we'll kind of get into all that here as we go on. I did want to mention before we get going. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at main event underscore marks. And we just got a Facebook, which I I was saying I, I didn't really care to do, but we got one anyway. So check us out on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And then you can always email us if you want to slip into our DMs. It's main event marks pod at gmail.com. Our YouTube man, you and I have been uh Posting some YouTube exclusive content on figures, figure collecting, games, all that good stuff. I'm excited about where that could go, man. I don't know about you. Oh, I am too. I'm a huge figure collector and a huge gamer, so. Yeah. Yeah, we try to plug that as much as possible on this show. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're relegating that mostly to the YouTube channel. So go check that out. Just search for Main Event Marks Pod. And the more you subscribe, if we get to 100 subscribers, we can get our own URL. And that's our goal right here is get it, get our own custom URL so you don't have to always search for it. Yeah, but, please do it because I don't feel like creating 100 accounts and subscribing. <laughs> Not that I would do that. That's yeah. I, who would do that? That's that just sounds lame. No, I'm kidding. But uh, I know, right? I mean, there's two of us. That's only 50 a piece. God, yeah, idiot. Right? Yeah, and I've already got like four accounts on YouTube. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. So, uh, but yeah, man, diving into the news and notes of the time, we are in the year 19, ni- or 1989. Here's here's the big ones starting off. Some of these are like they're leading into the the uh, the show here, and some of them are like right out of the show. So I tried to stick around like a two week radius, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, the big story, the lead story this week in the Wrestling Observer is that Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express have given their notice to the NWA, and they'll be leaving immediately. Basically, Jim Hurd was pissed off that Eaton and Lane were making 
$225,000 a year each, and he moved to cut costs by negotiating new contracts with them. The new deal is said to be between 100000 and 125000 each, and their new role will be putting over the Samoan SWAT team on spot shows. Their last official match with the company will be April 9th against the SST. And they would literally go nowhere. Yeah, they yeah, they kind of faded off into obscurity. Well, the Midnight Express did. Bobby Eaton obviously came back and, you know, whatever. Did I don't think the Midnights ever came back, did they? Not to my knowledge, no. No, Stan Lane kind of went off and did his own thing. Jim Cornette. I think Stan Lane goes to WWE eventually as an announcer. Oh, was he an announcer in WWE? Yeah. Oh, and Bobby I don't remember does that. kind of linger there because he does that whole Earl of Eaton thing with William Regal or Steve Regal and, at the time. It's just and that's, that's six like years, years in the later. future. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying I don't know what he's doing between them, but I do know he eventually does go back to, to what would be WCW. So yeah, well I remember uh, Jim Cornette talking about this time specifically. He said um, the only reason they stuck around because. He said him and Stan were ready to just walk the hell out at any time, and the only reason they didn't was because Bobby hey, Bobby had kids. He needed that job, so <laughs> he's he said uh, they stuck around literally just for Bobby Eaton, and when, and it finally got to the point where when when Heard cut their money so much, they were like, "You've cut it by more than fifty percent." We're tearing it up on every show. We're on. We're, we're constantly putting everybody over. What the hell? And they finally just said, "Forget it. Screw you, herd." And they all left. But I guess well, Bobby Pizza Hut probably wasn't doing too well at the time. So yeah. Oh, and we see Jim Hurd on this show, by the way. I'll have to mention. But oh, uh, thankfully, because right? Yeah. I mean, you see that dead raccoon sitting on top of his head. Oh wait, that was his hair. I'm sorry. Uh, he's alive, so I can still crap on him, which shocks me that some of the people on this show that are no longer with us and he's he's still kicking like and I'm not saying that in like a he should be dead thing, but it's like he's so much older than some of the guys on the show that are no longer alive. Well, some people but, just take better care of themselves. Yeah. Well, according to Jim Ross, Jim Hurd just sat around drinking a butt ton of gin so maybe that's the secret to long life just drink a lot of gin and be a miserable person <laughs> come up with a day and dogs. run and run uh dominoes or pizza whatever the hell he ran <laughs> yeah well, what uh, stress can there be in the pizza business right not yeah. enough pepperoni the sauce <laughs> isn't zesty enough the crust isn't rising what what's what is your stress in pizza uh ask papa john man i don't know <laughs> Too soon for that one? I don't know. I ain't touching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of people who are no longer with us, the Junkyard Dog missed a bunch of shows and was fired <laughs> around this time. Is that why he's on? Uh, is that why his match isn't on the network? It is on the network on this show. Oh, is that one on there? Yeah. Let's see if I have no. Uh, I I watched it a while, uh, well, a couple days ago, but I forget. There are matches edited off. That's why I'm saying. Yes. Uh, but yep. we'll get to. I thought that was one. Yeah. I must have saw yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I do have notes. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the ones that are edited off as well. I mean, obviously, we didn't see them. I can't find them anywhere online. They were, I mean, literal dark yeah, I matches. Looked, I, think, I looked so. everywhere, and clearly someone doesn't want these matches seen. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why. I do know them. the Eddie Gilbert match. He 
bled like a stuck pig. I mean, Ooh. that could explain that, but there's a couple other ones I don't get. But And Eddie Gilbert is on the show in some capacity. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we'll see. Barry Windham, we talked about him after uh, Chi-Town Rumble. His, he had that spot in the Luger match where he punched the uh, the post and he was and I guess that was to set him up because he legitimately needed hand surgery. Well, when uh, Barry Windham went in for his hand surgery, which put him out for nine weeks. But in fact, he went to the WWF and when he was fully recovered. <laughs> so this was the last of Barry Windham or Chi-Town Rumble was the last of Barry Windham we'd see in NWA WCW for a long time. I mean, I, and, I'm struggling to remember his early run. He was only like six. So, but. yeah, I know. That's what you and I remember the USA Express. I mean, not being there. I mean, that was before, you know, we we were really I mean, that was before I was born and before you started watching wrestling. And I remember uh, Wyndham's Blackjack run and his run as the stalker. But when was he? He was a stalker in like, what, 94, 95 96 he was at the survivor series so okay yeah so i don't like 89 i'd really have to go back and look because i don't remember that at all here you go man haku was arrested again for a bar fight allegedly (laughs) allegedly he got drunk and demanded that a woman bow down in servitude to him and when her boyfriend objected he gave the guy and his buddy a double noggin knocker Sounds made up. (laughs) I know. This just sounds like the weirdest freaking story of all time, but somehow I can envision Haku doing this. (laughs) I don't know. I don't do overseas news or news from Mexico or whatever, but this one I did have to throw in there just because I thought it was funny. And New Japan, Sid Vicious continues to job in opening six man matches. Uh, later on in the tour, Ricky Choshu completely squashed him with a lariat, and Uncle Dave completely buries Sid Vicious and the matches, saying that he looked even worse than people had described. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. And then uh, and then Sid Vicious would go on to be a four horseman and multi-time world champion and all that good stuff. Kevin Von Not Eric, even like a year later. Oh well, maybe a year later. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be worse. Right. Kerry Von, or Kevin, excuse me, Von Eric was, if not fired, at least put on suspension for no showing yet an, another card in Dallas. Or I believe they meant Kerry Von Eric. I, I don't think Kevin no showed. But Kerry was supposed to wrestle the Beast on a TV show, but the taping started at 9 a.m. and Kerry showed up at about noon, by which point they had already stuck Chris Adams into the match. So Kerry ran in and <laughs> into the ring in street clothes to beat up the Beast, claiming that Iceman Parsons had slashed his tires. Afterwards, uh, Jerry Jarrett huh, had told him that he'd end up on the street with Kevin if he did it again. Well, I guess it yeah, was Kevin. <laughs> I guess Kevin did get fired, so he was threatening to fire Kerry as well. In retaliation... Parsons got to cut a promo on TV against Kerry, saying that he was going to rip off Kerry's leg and give it to his daughter to use as a baseball bat. What the crap was going on in Dallas, dude? That all sounds made up. <laughs> Most of the stuff does. Just, the, you, the leg part, man. Oh, I know, right? That just um, 
What? That sounds like a horrible like story. Not like yes. Yeah, very much so. Bro, we're gonna use his leg as a bat, bro. <laughs> bro, he's gonna beat him with his leg, and he's gone forever, bro. <laughs> Uh, New Line Cinema was the company. Gone forever, to pick up... count one so far. <laughs> Good Lord. New Line Cinema was the company to pick up distribution rights to No Holds Barred at the bargain price of zero dollars, since all of the other distributors walked out on the screening and wouldn't pick it up. I didn't think it was that bad. Good Lord. I'm still pushing for us to do review on that on YouTube, by the way. Oh, it. It, it's coming. I I just want to be able to have a soundboard with stuff on it, like uh, the one guy going Dookie, and he's like Dookie. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Some that part one liners in there too, man. Oh, I know, like that one where he's riding the motorcycle and he's like you, me, and the tree, or something like that. <laughs> And then he like nails the mo- he nails the brakes on the motorcycle and the guy goes flying yeah. in the tree. <sighs> Gosh, good That's stuff. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that we said that in stereo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Toronto, which ha- or which already has a two hundred thousand dollar advance for a closed circuit showing of WrestleMania five at Maple Leaf Gardens, is probably getting WrestleMania six at the new Sky Dome that is currently being finished. Spoiler. It does go there. I was just there. Uh, yeah, you lucky piece of crap. All right. Well, I mean, you did have to go to Canada, so I don't know how lucky you were, but whatever. Hey, hey, they were really nice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. By the way, leading up to WrestleMania 5, around the house show circuit, they've been announcing that Run DMC will be the musical guest at WrestleMania 5, and the crowds have been booing them out of the building. Wow. Ah, uh, that's, yeah. No, they were an acquired taste. Yeah. Well, do you remember, I can't remember which SummerSlam it was that they had CeeLo Green perform, and you could have heard a pin drop when he performed. Wasn't one of your old Xbox Live buddies uh, on the big screen, like his tout video or something? Yeah, when they used tout, he was not a buddy. I absolutely hated this guy, Well, uh, but I knew who he was. Yeah, well, whatever. Maybe I worried it wrong, but <laughs> yes. someone you were you were uh, aware of. And hey, let me say this to. right. Yes, let me let me be clear. If you've used tout, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there. Here's the Where last. Where is it of, now? Is it? I think it's folded. Might have. I don't know. That went away really quickly. You notice that WWE just pumped the crap out of it, and then nothing. Um, Don't worry, we still got TikTok. No. Yay. (laughs) Although WrestleMania 5 was a huge financial success, Uncle Dave was completely bored by the three-and-a-half-hour show, although he called the work better than average by WWF standards in most cases. He said, overall, thumbs down. It was a one-match show. But there was literally nothing else to justify the run sh- uh, the runtime. What was the match she was talking about? The main event? Yeah. Because Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior was pretty good, too. So. That was. Was that on five? Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't like Warrior and Rude. I mean, like, at the very least, give Rude credit for, you know, 
having a good match with him. I mean, for Pete's sake. But whatever. Uncle Dave likes to complain. I don't know. I thought we, the we, I thought the uh, Red Rooster and Bobby Heenan match was man, that was a <laughs> barn burner. Shut the hell up. That was like forty eight seconds, man, of like epicness. Pure amazingness. But uh, I think it was literally like forty eight seconds too. I think. Unfortunately, it was. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. But here we are, man. We're finally at the event. No more news and notes uh, for the time. The date of the uh, NWA Clash of the Champions 6 Rage and Cajun was April 2nd, 1989 from the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. You want to know the total attendance for this one, man, in the in the Superdome? I mean, it's got to be over 70,000, right? 5,300. Wow. Well, yeah. when you and I went, it was over sixty or sixty or seventy thousand. Yeah, I think it was about over seventy thousand. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of freaking people. I'll say that. And that's sad, man. Like, yeah, this is what. Well, this is what Jim Cornette was talking about. He was like, we've performed in the Superdome when it was like sold out, you know. And he's like, it, it just just a rocking house packed to the rafters and then we go there this time and he's like how do you paper the superdome which is why if you i mean the nwa always kind of turned the lights down in the crowd but this especially if you looked i mean they had like one light on in the whole building and it was right over the ring yeah i was gonna say i didn't see the empty seats so that's probably why yeah and they kept that camera in tight <laughs> so so you couldn't see that crap it was it was kind of pathetic. The TV rating for this got it, it got a 4.3. So there's there's that. Um, so I mean, the 4.3 is a respectable rating, especially in today's times. I feel like uh, back then, though, it probably should have been really higher. Yeah, for a Clash of the Champions, and you've got to keep in mind this was on the same night as WrestleMania. So they were competing with Mania. This was the one they were originally going to do pay-per-view versus pay-per-view. Wrestle War was supposed to be this night, but they decided to scrap that. And because all the pay-per-view providers turned around, was like, now nah, we're going to carry Mania and not you. So they really had no choice but to back out, move the date, and then say, well, we'll help hold a free Clash of the Champions that day to try to save face. It didn't work. By the way, if any of you are wondering, I am just like, what? I guess Steamboat and Flair, but what about this card made him say, hey, let's put it in the Superdome? You know, I I, I don't know. It was one of them like Jim Cornette super- made this re- reference as well. He said, uh, you know, sometimes you have a match that needs a stadium and sometimes you have a stadium that needs a match. And this yeah. was it. I, I just like to me, it should be a super card. This should be like every match should be amazing. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to hold it in the Superdome that holds like you and I talked about, like 70,000 plus, like what the hell? And not man? to get ahead, but most of this card sucked. So, 
Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into some of that. The first thing about this is, like you and I talked about, non-televised dark matches or matches that got edited off the network. Uh, We had Sting making Rip Morgan submit to the Scorpion Deathlock. Lex Luger forced Jack Victories to submit to the Torture Rack. By the way, it was a U.S. title match. Another Jack Victory match. I feel like he's on every show. He is. He's everywhere. Freaking (laughs) everywhere. It just blows my mind. But yeah, both matches were later shown on NWA World Championship Wrestling. Is that on the network? I didn't think to look for that match on other shows on the network, but now I will. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they, they talked about on the pay-per-view, it's, or not the pay-per-view is a free show, but on the show itself, you'll hear Jim Ross during the, the entrances for the main event say, well, we want to give the main event here as much time as possible. So, um, you know, we're, we're not going to do the U.S. title match. Basically say there, there's, he says like it'll come later or whatever. Maybe on an episode so. of uh, Saturday Night a Thing at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, but also Bob Orton defeated Dick Murdoch. The Varsity Club defeated the Road Warriors and Ranger Ross defeated the Iron Sheik via disqualification. These were all edited off the network for unknown Damn, reasons. Damn, man. That Ranger Ross Iron Sheik match, man, that was probably epic. I don't know why that didn't draw the house, man. <laughs> Sheiky baby. He's like, you better go for the like, I make you humble. <laughs> I, I always forget he was in the NWA. Uh, I think they wanted to also forget he was, you know, actually they did forget he was in the NWA because that was, that was a famous thing that's become legend was they signed him and went, wow, he sucks, but we have him under a long contract. You know, he can do less damage if we send him home. And then. <laughs> And then they sent him home, and they forgot he was under contract, so his contract rolled over for another year, and they said, well, damn it, if we're paying him all this money, he has to earn it. So they brought him back in, he sucked again, and they sent him home again. (laughs) Well, I remember at Great American Bash the next year, he faced uh, Uncle... Sting, right? No, it was was the night Sting won the title. Mm. Uh, What's his name? Oh, right. uh, Uncle... Zebekiah, you know, the oh, guy who Dutch managed Mantel. Uh, Dutch Mantel. Wow, I was blanking on his actual name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Zebekiah. That's what go I with. remember. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's dirty. I remember Dutch. wrestling him because I'm like, wow, he I did, I forgot he wrestled. And it's like, good Lord, he's hairy yeah. as hell. I just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, check this out. With only 900 tickets sold before showtime. Obviously, we talked about they had to paper the hell out of the ridiculously huge Superdome and get it up to an acceptable-looking 4,200 people. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you. Ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. On commentary for the night, by the way, is Jim Ross and Michael P.S. Hayes. 
they start the show by slew uh, by showing a slew of legends that had dinner together on Bourbon Street, and then Jim Hurd gives a pre-written statement about how the NWA is honoring the legends, and he was horrible at this because he was reading off a piece of paper that he was holding, and he looked more at the piece of paper than he did at the camera. Well, teleprompters weren't big back then, I assume. Yeah, but it's like you didn't memorize any of this speech at all. None of it. Like, it wasn't that long. But about uh, order pepperoni, mozzarella cheese, don't forget the, yeah. Screw Jim Cornette. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I don't know. That was, it was weird. I'm, and of all the shows to honor the legends, I mean, I guess there's never yeah. a bad time, but why this? They Did would they, think- they would eventually have a, a show, like, you know, Slamboree, Legends Reunion, but yeah, right. I hear you. Yeah, why this one? Did they think Lou Thez being on the screen was going to draw the the house or something? <laughs> I don't know. The, finally, the first actual match on the card, ladies and gents. It's a Samoan SWAT team of Samu and Fatu with Paul E. Dangerously. He's uh, That's his new team. Uh, they're taking on the Midnight Express of beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane with Jim Cornette in their corner. This one got a hell of a lot of time, 20 and a half minutes. Beautiful Bobby and Samu pinned, or excuse me, Beautiful Bobby has Samu pinned after the rocket launcher, but the referee is distracted. Fatu runs in and clocks Eaton with Bobby or with a Pauly's giant cell phone, rolling Samu on top of him with a three count. Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it two and a half average. What say you? I I said two. I just started getting bored by it. I mean, there were some good moments, yeah. but. Eventually, I'm like, why am I still watching this? I mean, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I was never a big fan of the Samoan SWAT team. When I, I was care. a kid, I just didn't care about them either. Yeah. I remember watching this. Uh, like, I didn't watch it live. I remember watching it like on video, uh, and I just didn't care about one of these teams, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I love the Midnight Express as an adult. Looking back, I, I love the Midnight Express, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, but as at the a kid, time, I don't know yeah, if I'd uh, care. God, it was rough. Right. Uh, well, next up, man, maybe a palate cleanser, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, it's the great Muda with Gary Hart in his corner. He's taken on Steve Casey. The match went for eight minutes, 11 seconds, which blew my mind. Steve uh, F.N. Casey. They're still pushing Who Muda. As, Sorry. <laughs> I don't know either. They're still pushing the great Muda as the son of the great Kabuki. Did you did you hear that? I mean, I didn't hear it, but I knew that. Yeah, the, this was the time period. They they did to him what they would later do with the giant and Andre the giant. But Muda starts the match off by screaming like right off the bat. He sprays a green mist in Casey's face. And I'm like, well, it's over. What are they going to do with the other eight minutes? But Casey doesn't really sell it very much. In my opinion, Muda gave Casey way too much offense in this match. Muda wins after a moonsault. Uncle Dave drooled over Muda and called this an incredible one-man show, and he gave it three and one-fourth stars. I gave it two and a half, again, average. I wanted to give it one, but I love the great Muda, and I, I you know. I thought, yeah. my, I mean, do you agree that, like like you said, who the hell is Sean Casey, or was it or no. Steve Casey? Excuse, I already yeah. forgot his name. Who the hell is that? And Muda, who's supposed to be a killer, is giving him eight minutes. 
I know you got to fill time, but what the hell? I yeah, I don't know. This this was a glorified. Uh, I don't. I, I'm gonna keep saying Saturday night because I don't know if that was a show back then. But that was a glorified Saturday night show or match. Like it should have been on the yeah. not on the Clash, but the yeah. NWA NWA I, World Championship Wrestling at 7:05, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on the Superstation. It's 6:05, you idiot. Nah, um, Jay, I I thought so too, but apparently they switched the times because Jr. teased 7:05. Unless there's a time zone I'm not aware of. <laughs> I never got that time zone thing. But uh, this just takes me back and reminds me of how much I hated Muno as a kid, though. I would, yeah. like, be legit shaking scared when he spit that mist in people's eyes. Wow. Like, I remember when he did it to Sting. I almost, like, I was, like, six. I almost damn near cried. <laughs> wow. Yeah. that's Hey, that's like Papa Shango making the Ultimate Warrior vomit. <laughs> I think that got me, too. I'm pretty sure it did. Oh, man. Yeah. Well something else that got me uh up next man it's the junkyard dog versus butch reed with hiro matsuda in his corner it goes just shy of 10 minutes despite missing nine shows in a row and getting fired because of it the nwa desperately needed a local draw and brought jyd back for one match the dog the dog was played to the ring by a new orleans jazz band which i thought was kind of cool Spoiler, um, the highlight of the match. Yeah, but then that damn bell had to ring. Uh, I love the Junkyard Dog, by the way. I was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid. And yeah, it hurts to sit there and watch this. I'm like, man, this is terrible. Not right. that he ever had any like five star classics, but right. know, something about this just didn't I didn't like it. Yeah. And, and you can really you can really see during this time why Uncle Dave called him the junk food dog. Yeah. He he. This was the worst I ever saw him look. But I don't know if you noticed during Butch Reed's entrance, Jim Ross pimps an upcoming NWA show for Connecticut, and he manages to say that they have a lot of fans around the Stanford area. <laughs> I I laughed. I, I popped for that one. Jim Ross was hardcore uh, Joey Styles style trolling. But yeah. <sighs> I don't know how you felt about this man. The, the match, I didn't think the match was terrible, but it wasn't anything to write home about. It was just kind of boring. And in the I end, I just thought it was horrible. I'm like, yeah, another one of those ones. I'm like, I want to hit the fast forward button. Yeah. Uh, in the end, and I hate saying that because, like I said, I loved JYD when I was a kid. So. Right. And I, and I, I tolerated the match Reed. for that reason, by the way. But, yeah. Well, in the end, Butch Reed hits a shoulder tackle off the top. He pins Dog, but only gets a two because Dog's foot was on the bottom rope. Hiromatsuda gets up on the That'll apron. That'll be a theme. <laughs> uh, Hiromatsuda, little did we know. Hiromatsuda gets up on the apron to complain. JYD throws Butch Reed into him, and then he pins Reed for the win. I gave it two stars. Uncle Dave gave it negative one star. What say you? I'm literally right in the middle. I gave it one. Yeah, I think one is fair. I gave it two because it was below average, but I didn't see anything like atrocious in it. One I thing think, that really gets me is going back and watching these matches and seeing how horrible they were, knowing the guy's no longer with us. Right. But then I got to convince myself I'm not bragging on the guy. It's the match. So, you know. Right. I can't sit I'm there bragging and, on it. Well, this is a five star match because the guy's no longer with us. I'm like, That's horrible. That's a horrible opinion. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I just, you got to be honest. Like it, it just. Yeah, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to fast forward it, but for the sake of this show, I didn't. 
Yeah, it's the fans uh, are. I gotta say this: the fans are heavily into JYD, obviously. So, oh yeah, he, he was, was like a god in the New Orleans area. Yeah. You can like they were panning over him; they were kind of going crazy. You can see them. Yeah. Well, and also then the entrance, nobody... the entrance helped though too. So. Yeah. And when you gotta think, even JYD couldn't help save the show, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but up next, something that something that would save the show, I say dripping in sarcasm. It's the first family of wrestling, Rick Steiner and Eddie Gilbert. They have Missy Hyatt in their corner. They are defending the NWA United States Tag Team titles against the Varsity Club of Kevin Sullivan and Dan Spivey. The time I got for this online was three minutes and 40 seconds. Seems somewhat accurate, but I mean, there was other shenanigans, so I, I couldn't really tell. Uh, if I remember correctly, I remember watching this right in the middle of the match. They bust open Eddie Gilbert's eye and he's gushing blood and. That's yeah, yeah. three minutes. I think the mat. I think the moment they rung the bell to the DQ. I think it was a DQ, right? No, it was not. But I'll I'll get to that here in a second. Right, right off the bat, I saw. Um, or I noticed when they're doing the introductions on the ring, they announced Kevin Sullivan is from Singapore. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why are you part of the the? First of all, how can you be from Singapore with that thick Boston accent that you got? And it's like he he can't cover that up for anything that was that's always the joke with people they're like i wonder if uh, i wonder if kevin sullivan's got a line on the socks this year <laughs> and uh the other thing is when you're from the varsity club like the whole gimmick was they announced they announced dr death is from oklahoma university and here the wrestling capital yeah well and they announced dan spivey is from university of georgia so that's like the gimmick but Kevin Sullivan, who's the games master, he's from Singapore. <laughs> like, what? He didn't say where Rick Steiner was from, by the way. He forgot. Well, because they don't announce him from his college. I know, but you can college. still say How, where he's from. However, however <laughs> this is what I'm, I am I did put in my notes. I said, I'm hating Rick Steiner because he's wearing his stupid Michigan Letterman jacket. <laughs> I guess at the uh, time, he didn't have to hide his head in shame that that was his college. <laughs> Right now, it's kind of like, yeah, Michigan, whatever. Anyway, Spivey takes his freaking time beating the hot stuff right out of Eddie Gilbert. Finally, Gilbert uses Missy's Gucci bag on Sullivan behind the referee's back. He gets a small package roll-up and a pinfall win. After the match, however, the varsity club just lays waste to Gilbert before Steiner eventually chases him off with a chair. Uncle Dave gave... I remember them damn near killing him, so... Oh, yeah, they just beat the snot out of him. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Eddie Gilbert was just used as like a punching bag, basically. Uncle Dave gave this one in three, four stars. It's like, I, I hate when you do that. It's like, just give it two stars. I gave it one and a half stars. Going off I, of what I remember, I, it seems like not really a match, so. Yeah. I'll give it a star. Good effort for, you know, three and a half minutes, but. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, it's it was funny, a, by the way, how Rick Steiner within a year would go on to be like very loved and part of like Sting's Sting's squadron. I think they called it. Yeah, I think uh, so. Just, just funny to me. Like that's a huge turn. Right. He was despised. Yeah. Like not like just kind of booed. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner eventually blew up and went on to be beloved and all that good stuff, but. 
by the way, before the main event here, this is not on the network, which I'm surprised about, but it is at this point that the WWF manages to get a 900-line commercial onto TBS where you can call in for WrestleMania results. <laughs> like, uh, people were furious because TBS allowed this. Like, well, I don't understand why. I mean, all they're doing is saying get results. They're not, like, going to change the channel. I mean, I assume the channel's still on the TV just calling. So Yeah, but they're kind of advertising. They're like, hey, in case you forgot, WrestleMania. And it's like, oh, crap. That's right. So people were like, why are we advertising for the WWF during our freaking show? It was I just- remember a couple of times during the Monday Night Massacre seeing um, Impact commercials on USA during Raw, which I thought was hilarious. So Yeah, I, I don't understand how it happens either, but yeah, it's just TBS, man. They they never knew what the hell was going on with WCW or NWA or whatever. Like that was a big complaint out of a lot of people. They said. Nobody ever paid attention to them until well, Eric Bischoff I heard, took over. I heard Dusty Rhodes one time say that TNT, TBS didn't know what they had. All they knew is they had a hot wrestling show. That right. Got numbers. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them didn't want a hot wrestling show. They just didn't like wrestling. They didn't want wrestling. They thought it was a bother. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is the so. part where I say, where were they going to run? Old reruns of, but what would be the show back then? Andy like nowadays if, you law, nowadays, if you law and order or something. Yeah. Well, that was that was what Jr. said. He was like, "Oh yeah, hurry up so you can get back to your reruns of Andy Griffith." <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, which is true, because he was like, "What did they have on that show or on that channel? They had the Braves, they had the Hawks, and they I think I don't know if they had the Hawks. I think they did. Uh, and they had wrestling, and then they had old reruns of Andy Griffith. He was like, "Oh yeah, bump us off for uh, for you know Aunt May or whatever." <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA, 844-759-7732. But we're at the main event, man. It's Ricky Steamboat defending the NWA World's Heavyweight title in a two out of three falls match against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. This match got all the time. 55 minutes, 49 seconds was the exact time. Uh, This was the one match everybody cared about on the show. So, yeah, there's that couple things before we get into the match itself terry funk is on commentary for this match i don't know if you noticed throughout the match he'd throw in little things about oh glad i'm retired or oh man retire me right now after seeing that i i did and that's when i realized well you know not to i know it's like 30 year spoiler but <laughs> yeah. clearly that's leading to something with this main event oh yeah we will get into at another show but I did yeah. notice that. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize they planted the seeds for that right here. Yeah, I didn't either. Because, I, I mean, in my defense, I've never seen this before. I've but, seen it a couple times, even going back to when I was a kid. But now I actually pay attention to everything. Like, when yeah. I'm a kid, I'm just wanting Steamboat to win. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. That, yeah. that was with it. Ste- Steamboat with his – well, we'll get into it here in a second. <laughs> um, there, There's a neon light-up sign – behind the guys as they come out and when rick flair comes out it reads r-i-c-k flair i yeah i chuckled 
<laughs> uh, Conrad talked about this on on his podcast. That's not he even was, like a Chiron, by the way. So, so I know they took that's time. That's a huge accident. Well, I know that's what that's, that's what Conrad was talking about. He was like, "Let's spend all this money on this light up sign. We're gonna go big for Ric Flair's entrance." Spell his name wrong. Like, what the <laughs> hell? But he comes out flanked by a harem of women. And then Ricky Steamboat is out next. He's supposed to be the average every man. And he comes to the ring with his model wife. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> who's wearing a dress, by the way, that probably costs more than most people in the crowd make in a year. Every man so. can wear a married woman looks like that, right? Yeah. And, and just drop a hundred grand on a dress like that. She was wearing like a ball gown. Well, are you spending that shy town rumble money on her? Yeah, maybe. And my entire payoff goes to Bonnie. <laughs> uh, Little Richie, by the way, you had brought this up. I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. Little Richie is wearing a dragon costume for Halloween. <laughs> he looked so stupid. Like, this whole scene looks dumb. Like, he – just picture this. Like, anywhere else in the world – or even in wrestling, just picture this. Ricky Steamboat comes out dressed like a karate man, wearing his gi and his headband, his white tights. His wife is like wearing this luxurious ball gown, and then Ricky's carrying a child dressed like a dragon. <laughs> you know what's funny about this? As I was thinking about this, I'm like, if this had happened in WWE, people would just laugh it off. Typical WWE with their stupid gimmick crap. NWA yeah. does it, and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I think NWA did it, and people. Company. Well, I think NWA did it, and people probably just kind of buried their head in their hand, like, "Oh God, I could be wrong." Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, make... uh, one thing I think, if you remember back to WrestleMania Four, Grill Monsoon said, uh, "It's a memory that little kid will have." I don't think he's going to remember this though, uh, but he was on TV, so whatever. Yeah. He was on two pay-per-views and national TV. So, And back-to-back -back years in both companies, so there you go. Right. <laughs> I know this isn't my gimmick, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have a Mattel figure of that Ric Flair. Uh, he came in the Four Horsemen four-pack. But the robe he wore in this match came with a defining moments Ric Flair. Yeah. So I it didn't, didn't get match that up. Four pack. It, kill, it kills me that I didn't because I didn't know they were elites. That's my. Oh, you. Oh, you didn't get that one either. No, you got it when we were in Brooklyn. I remember. I. Uh, I, I yeah. You got it right after NXT. Right. And, yeah, we uh, ran over. To I remember. Party. I remember laughing because you're like, I got to get it because I can't find it anywhere. And I'm laughing. It's like, dude, I see this like every one of my targets. Like, I have like a hundred of them. <laughs> and yeah, I'm mad I didn't get it. Now I didn't. Like I said, I didn't know they were elites. I thought they were the, just a four basic pack. The one I didn't get was the um the one you said you didn't get this one either was uh Sting Luger and Macho Man from Bash of the Beach '96. Yeah, again, I thought they were basics, and I'm like kicking myself over it. You gotta. I will you gotta never again it. do that without looking at it clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta look at how I can always tell is you look at their stomach, and if you see a bend yeah. in their stomach, there you go. Exactly. That's yeah. And that's my thing now too, but. I wasn't yeah. a hardcore figure collector back then. I was just picking them up casually. Right. As you can imagine, Uncle Dave drooled over this match. He said it was surprising that Flair dropped a fall via submission. 
Flair took the first fall, by the way, when he goes for the figure four. Steamboat rolls him up in a small package, but Flair reverses the pile and he gets the pin. Steamboat takes the second fall by submitting Flair with a double chicken wing. And the final fall is given to Steamboat when he lifts Flair up with a double chicken wing, but he falls back. And even though Flair has his foot under the bottom rope, the referee counts his shoulders down like um, almost like a bridging tiger suplex. But he counts the shoulders down. He gives a win to Steamboat. Uncle Dave and I both gave this five stars. What do you say? I said five as well. I thought it was an easy grade. Oh, yeah. The finish was stupid, though, I thought. I don't take points off dumb finishes. I refuse to do that. I don't like when people do that, because to me, a a horrible finish doesn't ruin a great match. But I thought it was stupid. But clearly it's setting up for something, so you have to attribute for that. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't, I don't say it ruins a match with a bad finish, but it does leave a bad taste in your mouth. It's like one of those, like, um, like Eric Bischoff has referred to. He was like, if you sit and you watch this movie and you're like, man, it's a great movie. And then at the end, something happens and you're like, that freaking sucked. And then you leave just, the theater th- thinking about how it my- yeah. sucked. <laughs> the twist is it sucked. <laughs> no, I but, mean, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But. For me, I've always thought, like, if this is like a five-star match, I'm not going to deduct points for a horrible ending. So. Right. And, yeah. and, and because it's set up for the, the pay-per-view, because this whole show basically was a giant commercial for WrestleVore 89. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? No. It, yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, so. But it just uh, kind of sucks because I think because of that, it took away from everything. These matches should have been better. Right. Yeah. I I think so too, but I I thought this was an amazing one hour of wrestling. I again I've never seen it before. I was very excited. I like I didn't fast forward at all through this match. I was like I knew it was going to happen, and I was still like on the edge of my seat watching this match. I was so enthralled. And well, I watched it back for the first time in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> if if you're going to watch one match from the show, it's going to have to be this one. I mean, yeah, go, obviously. go out of your way to watch this. Go out of your way to go back and watch Steve Casey versus Great Muda. Good uh, Lord. That was a barn burner. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Uh, but uh, we go to commercial. When we come back, Jim Ross interviews Ricky Steamboat at a podium after the match. Steamboat thanks TBS and all the fans for their support for him. You know, all 5,000 of them in the crowd there that night. Uh, Ricky this reminds me of that, boxing, by the way, because they're like thanking the the uh, the network, like you know, boxers will thank yeah. Showtime or HBO. Oh, well, not HBO anymore because they ruined yeah. it. But, um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, I mean, I think it gives it a good, you know, a, a legit sports feel, which you know, I wouldn't mind if AEW worked more of that in. I mean, I I realize they have. Well, the they TNT just tried. Title. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked about that, you know, like, not to get off topic, but they they did with that press conference with Cody. 
Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to give it a more of a sports feel and I get, you know, I get, but I don't get people like Jim Cornette. It's like, well, you have something like that. And then you have, you know, the clowns come out with a dancing bear afterwards. You know, how can you take this seriously? It's like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, not everything has to be super serious. I mean, even in legit sports, you've got, um, oh, I can't think of his now, the gypsy guy, the boxer. What's his name? Uh, Tyson, oh, Tyson Fury. Fury? Yeah. yeah. Tyson Fury came out to the ring being carried to the ring on a throne singing Patsy Cline. Yeah, that was great, though. <laughs> I mean, you mean to tell me that that's, you know, you're going to see that and be like, wow, this sport sucks. And then you're not going to take it seriously when he whoops the guy he's fighting. Like, come on. No, not only did he whoop him, his corner gave up for him, but he licked his he licked the blood off of him. Like that's disgusting, but it happened. Uh well, his name is I, Fury. Yeah. But yeah, getting back to wrapping this up here, Ricky says that it's now time for him to move on to an ex to his next challenger, but then Jim Ross shows replays to Steamboat of Flair's foot under the bottom rope, and he says that Flair is furious. Steamboat says that Flair does have a legitimate gripe after seeing that footage, and they kind of leave it at that. <laughs> but we would know. I remember with... when I was watching this when I was a kid, I saw that. It was like the first time I ever saw something like, oh, wow. He's like, he's going to lose his title. I really thought they were going to strip him or something. I mean, of course, I didn't use that word. I'm like, oh, they're going to take his title because I was like really scared because I loved Steamboat when I was a kid. So I mean, I do now, too. But yeah, that was like the first time I actually caught that. Right. I mean, they and then they kind of set it up. They say, well, you know, the NWA board of directors is going to meet through the week. They're going to have press conferences, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually sets up for Russell War 89, which we will cover in two weeks. I'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, the final rating of the show, man, Internet Movie Database gave it 7.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.31 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Slightly above average. But, I mean, one match isn't going to sell the whole card for me. What say you? I'm right there with you. I think maybe a C minus. Yeah. I just, I mean, I hated the card, but the final match was epic. Yeah. I just don't I think that, I don't know, call me crazy, but I just, in building up to a big match, you shouldn't be like, oh, well, crap, and we're going to finish huge. I think you should have a bunch <laughs> of matches, okay? That's just, you know. You're kind of describing WrestleMania for the first, like, six, seven years, dude. Yeah, right. I know. I don't think WrestleMania started in, like, amazing undercards uh, until 10. Uh-huh. I just... Yeah, because yeah, 9 was horrible. I think we don't even get to the point where every match is, like, freaking amazing up until the main event until probably 19. 17 yeah. is close, but I think 19, almost yeah. every single match was freaking amazing. I'd say 17 uh, was the first really, really great one. I thought 13 and 14 were good, especially 14. 15 kind of sucked top to bottom. I mean, th that main event was okay, but it was just a giant brawl around the arena. We'll have to talk about sometime. Uh, WrestleMania 16, uh, was you know, there were a few highlights, I think. But all in all, I, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, and then 17, I thought was amazing. So... I will say I thought 17 was the first, like, close to perfect WrestleMania. Yeah, that's still but my there's favorite. Still a few, there's still a few matches like, oh, I'll skip this one. But I think 19 is the only WrestleMania to this day where I can watch the entire show. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to 
checking that one out again. It's been a few years, so I've forgotten a lot. I want to go back and watch it. Chris Jericho and, and Shawn Michaels, man, that's that's all that needs to be said. I mean, there's other amazing stuff on it. And that, that's the thing. There's so much amazing stuff on that show. You know, I mean, you can, yeah, you can I, say any I, of them. I think people forget that Rey Mysterio and Matt Hardy was a freaking amazing opener. You know, I, I think yeah, I have won, forgotten. But God, it was amazing. <laughs> well, also, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. So Mysterio's uh, outfit at that one was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I always love Ray's outfits. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, that kind of wraps it up for Clash of the Champions, man. Again, this one was a, meh, it was okay. It was a one, it was a one match show. I I uh, think what's funny is telling is going forward, WCW will start to knock it out of the park with their undercard and will suck at the end. It's kind of funny. I never thought about that. It's a complete <laughs> one eighty. Right. <sighs> yeah. We'll cover more WCW and NWA in the future. I definitely want to dive more into the WCW realm. We have in the past, if, if you guys want to go back and check out uh, our our second show ever in the archives, it was Great American Bash 1996. It was actually a really good show. I didn't so, realize, by the way, that Conrad and Bischoff covered that. That was just a sheer coincidence. Yes, uh, yeah, they co- they covered it like two weeks after we did, I think. Yeah, And I was like, wow, like I didn't. I thought maybe our opinions would be the only ones about like how amazing it was. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. I'm glad to see it wasn't right. I can't yeah. say enough how much that show was great. So, you know, go watch yeah. it too. Don't just listen to the podcast. Oh, definitely. And, and with us talking about it, it was like two weeks, I think before, maybe a week before Bischoff and, and Conrad dropped theirs. So we did not listen to theirs and then I, do our, I listened to it a couple days ago. So, right. Same here. So that there, that's that. But uh, yeah, coming up, man, next week, I'm very excited for next week. We've got a trip to 1997, which is one, in my opinion, one of the greatest years in wrestling history for both companies. Both sides. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're not including ECW, but. Well, we said well, both sides and. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. Right. ECW is kind of. ECW fans, but. I wasn't I wasn't real big into ECW in '97. I mean, even now, looking back in retrospect, I it was okay. But as far as I started getting into, honestly, when one of our faithful listeners loaned me a tape of a that was a heat wave event. I want to say it was 2000. Yeah, uh, that's when I started listening or watching. I watched. And so the, I literally watched towards the end. Right. <laughs> I definitely want to go back and review more ECW towards the later years. Uh, it's 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 some interesting stuff. I really want to review sometime in the future, uh, but we'll get to that. But next week, like I said, one of my one of the best years in wrestling history for WWF and WCW. It was uh, in your house sixteen Canadian Stampede. I'm very excited to was talk about 16? that show. It was it already was. that old. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Because they started blue. Yeah. Well, they had the first one in 95. And you got to think they only had like four, like the big four and everything in between was in your house for like three years. Well, (laughs) it was actually five. So I mean, because King of the Ring was there. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. You're you're right. The big five. So everything in between was in your house. Yep. So, yeah, In Your House, 16 Canadian Stampede. We're going to cover that next week. I am excited. I hope you're all excited. And then the week after that, we're closing out the month of July with Russell War 89, the Music City Showdown. 
that's going to close out the Flare Steamboat trilogy. And I got to watch that back. I hope it was better than this. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched the full event yet. I've seen that main event. I've seen the Rick, Rick Flair, Ricky Steamboat match multiple times. Oh, yeah. If you're a wrestling fan, you better watch that event or that match. Uh, yes. And I've seen what came afterwards with, well, uh-huh. I won't give it away. I mean, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll talk about it later. But I, I've watched what came after that. I'll just say that. Uh, and it was, it was some good stuff. So Wrestle War 89, man, it was a transition show that we'll get in and we'll talk about why. But yeah, that comes up at the end of July. And then going into August, we'll do a lot of summer slams. We're starting off the month with a summer slam that you and I were at SummerSlam 2015. We'll cover that one. I got it. You know, I got also might want to say we might, should, we might do a YouTube exclusive real quick review of the first takeover too. We should. Yeah, TakeOver Brooklyn, yes. Because that was the first ever NXT TakeOver, well, the first one outside of Full Sail. Right. And uh, yeah. to this day, one of my favorite memories I've ever, of every event I've ever been to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. August, we're going to have some good, hopefully some good YouTube exclusive content. Like you said, you want to do one of uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Uh, I have a friend of the show, fellow pod, longtime wrestling podcaster, Jacob Grandi. He wants to join me for a review of the very first ever SummerSlam 1988. Just do a quick mini review on YouTube to make it easy to digest if you want to know what we're more about. Uh, I'll have some video footage. I'm looking footage. forward to that because I don't particular like listening to myself back so i will listen to that <laughs> yeah so it's it should be should be a good time should be fun i've i've done stuff with him in the past uh i'm also trying to set up a time with other fellow podcaster delvin cox from the delvin cox experience Real and name. the playstation experience <laughs> yes go check him out if you if uh you want some good stuff he doesn't cover a lot of wrestling but he is a huge wrestling fan so him and I are trying to set something up. Uh, not only do we want to talk wrestling, but we also want to eulogize a good friend of ours um, that, that passed away um, this this past year. Both of us were were uh, very familiar with him, Santiago uh, Jimenez. Uh, I I used to do a show with him called Retro Wrestling Review, where we would watch along classic matches and and kind of do our own commentary and and stuff like that. Uh, so. That's out there if you want to check it out. It's three R's retro wrestling review. So um, good stuff. Oh, but, three uh, R's, man. <laughs> Sorry. What the hell. Triple R. Next week, man, coming at you with some Canadian Stampede. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And follow us on YouTube. Yeah, go follow Later. us on YouTube. You don't even have to stay. Just, you know, follow us until we get 100, and then you can undo it, please. No, don't, don't undo it. Don't, uh, I don't know if that's cheap. Do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I prefer they didn't, but at least just get us to 100 so we can get that URL. Yeah, sub- subscribe, sample, like, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll bring. And the more you do, the more content we'll bring you, and uh, we're always open to suggestions for all you for all you marks out there. We'll see you next week with some Canadian Stampede. been thinking about mcdonald's all day can't get it off my mind i can already taste it Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some mickey d's deal 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.